0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sigma Delta Talk. I'm Margot Manley-Lima, National President of Sigma Delta Tau. This podcast was created to highlight the amazing things our STT sisters, the national organization and partners are doing to advance the mission of Sigma Delta Ta and make a lasting difference. It is also a means for us to explore topics and issues that we're facing both as an organization and community. A warm welcome to our first time listeners. If you've joined us before, welcome back. Today's conversation explores STT's partnership with Prevent Child Abuse America, our longest standing national philanthropy. I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Melissa Merrick, President and CEO of Prevent Child Abuse America, the nation's oldest nonprofit organization dedicated to the primary prevention of child abuse and neglect. Melissa has nearly 20 years of clinical research and leadership experience related to the prevention of child abuse and neglect. She recently joined the PCAA organization and has hit the ground running. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Sigma Delta Talk. Thank you, Margo. I'm so delighted to be with you all. First off, congratulations on your new role. How has it been acclimating to your new position?
1: Oh, well, it's been a whirlwind, as you can imagine. I mean, certainly with us all staying home now and this current pandemic, it's even more of a whirlwind, but it's been about nine months. But I'm just feeling so fortunate to be heading up this really uh, wonderful organization, really committed to really my life's work of preventing child abuse and neglect before it occurs. So just really grateful and humbled to be in this position.
0: That's wonderful. You know, SDT and PCA have had an incredible partnership for nearly 40 years. And during that time, our undergraduates have raised millions of dollars and our members have volunteered to support many of the grassroots efforts PCA provides. How would you describe our history working together? Oh my
1: goodness, what a rich and just fortunate history we've had for the past 37 years. We um, at PCA America have really benefited tremendously from the energy, the passion, and really the commitment to service that are hallmarks of an SDT sister. So I just feel so fortunate for this partnership. You know, one of our lifetime board members, Sue Ellen Freed, I think was one of the pioneers in, in starting this partnership. And I think um, it's just been such a rich opportunity to connect with young women who are really inspirational, but the fact that they're committed to to this mission, it just really warms my heart and really gets us back to our roots of what we're all about. We're about having a stronger, healthier, happier tomorrow for all of our young people. And then of course for our children and our children's children. So it's just been such a wonderful um, partnership. And I think in large part because of just, again, that energy and, and uh, commitment to service that, that all of you really embody and possess.
0: I, when I think about when I went through sorority recruitment, largely sororities offer similar experiences, but I think one of the ways that each organization stands out is their respective philanthropies. And when I was going through, um, recruitment at the time it was called rush, but recruitment, you know, 20 plus years ago, one of the things that I greatly resonated with was the work that the STT chapter at the University of Miami was doing to support PCAA. And you know this partnership I think speaks and calls to many undergraduate members and many potential new members because the cause is so worthy and so near and dear to all of our hearts. And it really does instill a sense of service and philanthropy. Um, And I'm just so excited at the opportunity to speak with you today to kind of further explore Um, our working relationship and all the things that we can do together to address this very important topic.
1: Oh, thank you, Margot. The feeling is so mutual. And I have to tell you, I too became committed to this mission and this topic as an undergraduate um, at the University of Pennsylvania. And, you know, really through community service, not affiliated with the sorority per se, but just through community service in uh, Philadelphia with foster children, just really recognized the, the rich hope that was really embedded in children's eyes and their spirits and, and really trying to figure out how to best support and nurture families and mm-hmm. communities so that we could really have a prosperous tomorrow. It's just something that's really near and dear to me and I've spent my entire professional career um, in this topic and really, again, that started for me too as, a, as an undergraduate.
0: So many of our chapters are doing incredible programs to fundraise Um, and they truly are so creative in what they do. We've seen lip sync or dance competitions like our UGA's Greek Grind or USF putting on the hits. Um, We have seen raffle events like Montclair's Tricky Tray and then just a myriad of other creative and innovative fundraising efforts. One of the things that I've noticed from our undergraduate women is that they at times struggle to communicate how their fundraising dollars are being spent to support um, initiatives or efforts um, from Prevent Child Abuse America. Can you share with us how the money raised by our SDT sisters is used to combat child abuse? Absolutely, so first of all, I've had the great
1: honor of being at some of those events that you talked about and I'm just really struck struck by the, the creativity and the enthusiasm, the innovation of the young women um, in SDT, and so just thank you for all you all do to raise money um, so, in terms of where the money goes, you know, I think this is always you know what does prevention look like, and it looks like a whole lot of things so first of all, the money goes to support our our signature evidence based home visiting program, which is called Healthy Families America. Healthy Families America is a program which assists more than seventy thousand families each year, so really we conduct home visits with young moms, young families, with a newborn or or young kids to really help support them and and figure out how to navigate child rearing and these new experiences for young families that really we all need support to do well or to feel like we're doing well, to feel like we're not in it alone, to support families before they find themselves in crisis. So that's something that is a hallmark um, uh, portion of where the funds go. And just so that you all know too, we are conducting uh, virtual home visits in this time that we're all physically distanced and staying at home during this pandemic. So we're still able through the funds that you all are raising to support families in this really critical time of stress and, and uncertainty. We also have activities in proactive policy and advocacy efforts in Washington, D.C. As well as in state capitals throughout the country, to really advance family-friendly legislation, so related to the COVID-19 stimulus bills, but also through uh, the Child Abuse um, uh, uh, Prevention and Treatment Act, or CAPTA. These are the funds for our, you know in our government that really allow for economic supports to families. So things that will help families, like paid leave, like sick time, things that again take away some of the stress on families that we know all families experience and that can sometimes increase risk for uh, things going wrong in the home. So we want to really again be on the front end and prevent those things from happening um, to kids and families before they occur. We also, of course, have a nationwide state chapter network. So we're in about 48 states, DC, and the territories. Um, And our state chapters, they really provide tailored services, uh, resources, direct uh, uh, services and interventions to families across the country. We also have public engagement and awareness campaigns. You all know very well that April is Child Abuse Prevention Month. So we have activities like Wear Blue Day, and other um, kinds of efforts to really try to raise awareness and commitment, not just to the fact that child abuse and neglect happens, but on how do we together prevent child abuse and neglect before it occurs. And then finally, we have innovative research that really helps us stay in a leadership role across the field, so really building the evidence on what works to prevent child abuse and neglect before it occurs. So really the monies that you all raise really help support a comprehensive approach to child abuse and neglect prevention.
0: I'm so glad you brought up healthy families because um, I'm not sure if you know, but we facilitate alternative spring and summer break trips for our undergraduate members. So what our ASB programs entail is that women will dedicate about a week's time and they will do service that supports our national philanthropic efforts. So one of the experiences that we cultivate for them is that they get to attend a healthy families um, site and see the programming that you know your staff is putting on in order to prevent and educate parents. So for example, we saw a healthy cooking class with families and children. We also saw appropriate discipline classes and things of that nature. So I think it was a very eye-opening experience for our undergraduate participants and certainly for me too to see wow this is very informative and as a parent i understand that these are real struggles even for the healthiest of families right i understand that whether you're at risk or not so many of the topics that you're covering from a prevention piece are valuable things and i was extremely grateful to have witnessed that firsthand and see the lasting impact that it has on members of the community who may be at risk so um I think that's a wonderful thing that you all are doing. And I'm so fortunate that I had some firsthand experience with some of those initiatives.
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad that you were able to take part in that and to hear of these alternative programs that your, um, you know, uh, sisters get to be a part of. Because I think truly what you learn in those observational experiences are that, wow, we could all use this kind of support. All parents, like you say, in all forms, in all communities. I'm a mother of two young kids too, but I have a PhD in child psychology. We think, oh yeah, I'm a pro. Absolutely not, we all could use the support, the stress is real, the navigating, and certainly as we're home now, navigating homeschooling or e-learning while working from home and other, you know, activities that we're all engaged in in the community, it can be a very stressful time. And for some families, it's just knowing that they have that one person who's not going to bring judgment to them when they ask for help, is going to be proactive and help model good parenting strategies, help troubleshoot, help develop coping skills. These are things that we can all use. Um, In fact, um, a member of my team, he's the chief research and strategy officer. He also has a PhD in social work. um, And he has two young girls, and he and his wife voluntarily took on, um, uh, invited a HFA worker into their home when they were new parents, and he describes that experience as such a kind of eye-opening and long-lasting, lifelong uh, lesson in, in truly, you know, how we're all navigating multiple things, and we can all use the support uh, before,
0: bath- before things
1: go wrong in the home.
0: Absolutely. And we're also hearing reports that there's an uptick in domestic violence and child abuse during this pandemic. Why is the work that you're doing so important at this specific moment in time?
1: Oh, yes, I think, you know, what we're able to see in this pandemic is, is true public health action in action, right? So this idea that public health is what we do as a society collectively to assure the conditions in which all people can be healthy. This, these are not just words. we are seeing that where we're all staying home physically distancing ourselves to really spread you know stem the flow or the spread of this pandem- pandemic. But similarly in child abuse and neglect prevention, we all have a role to play in supporting children and families. So unfortunately, in times of increased stress and uncertainty, certainly those those times are now you know with the uncertainty of the pandemic and and the increased financial stress to lots of families who are out of work or are on unpaid leave or trying to still work without childcare you know these are stressful times so the unintended consequence of this kind of physically physical distancing is that some of us are losing access to our emotional and social supports and that is something that we cannot do we must lift up the fact that now more than ever, it's critically important that we stay emotionally and socially connected. Even if we're physically distanced, that emotional connectivity is what protects children. It protects parents. It helps us. You know, Many of us don't have a release right now. We're not able to just leave home and, and go to work or go meet a friend or go to yoga or whatever we do, usually for our mental health. But recognizing that it's OK for us to take a breath. It's OK for us to take a step outside and take a, a you know our own timeout so that we can you know meet this you know our family and this new time uh, uh, with a level head and stay calm. So so now more than ever this work to really elevate the fact that we know domestic violence, child abuse and neglect, other kinds of family violence in general increases in times of stress and uncertainty. We also are 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 struck with a time where our kids are out of school they're maybe not going to their doctors, not seeing a lot of the people that really, if they see a sign that a child is being harmed, they would be able to report it. We don't have that luxury right now in this time of extra eyes on our families and, and making sure to kind of um, you know, respond to the very first signs. So it's even more important that we stay emotionally and socially connected with our, with our community, with our families, with our neighbors, Um, reaching out. We might be staying in, but we need to be reaching out. Um, Certainly when we're all going on walks in our neighborhood or we're taking a moment outside and you can see a family um, across the gate, you know, saying hello, checking in from afar, from a safe distance. It's just really, really important. And we're so fortunate to have, you know, internet and, um, uh, uh, you know, video chat and Zoom and time and all of these kinds of interventions that certainly were not available 30 40 years ago so we're able to harness that but we also have to realize that all not not all communities um, have equal access to that kind of technology so we also need to to try to retain that human connectivity as much as possible in any way possible
0: absolutely for a myriad of reasons right not only to ensure the safety and well-being of others but for our own sake you know connection we've had many discussions about how do we facilitate connection, you know, in our temporary normal here. And, you know, it has many positive outcomes associated with it. So I think it's something on everyone's mind of how do we ensure that those channels and opportunities exist. Absolutely. So April, as you mentioned, is Child Abuse Prevention Month. And even though our members are off campus, I know they still want to support our national philanthropy. How can our sisters remain involved and help our efforts?
1: Yeah, great, great question. And you know, we have certainly pivoted um, here at Prevent Child Abuse America to all of our events are virtual, right? So we have a virtual pinwheel garden on our, on our website. Um, we have free yoga Fridays on Facebook Live. So every SDT woman can certainly get involved in that. But we also have a really important day upcoming. Tuesday, April 28th is our digital advocacy day. So on that day, we'll be empowering people across the country to contact their members of Congress and urge them to take action on the Child Abuse Prevention and Treatment Act and family-friendly supports in coronavirus-related legislation. So it's a great way to get involved, even if you're working or learning from home, practicing social distancing, but if you go to our website um, at at preventchildabuse.org, you can get more information on that. But again, that's Tuesday, April 28th. And we have a tool. It's really easy. You can do it on your cell phone or on the computer. In two seconds, you put in sort of your zip code already. Your member of Congress will be identified. We have some template letters there. You can, you know, edit the letter if you want, or you can just use the template. But it's a really easy and impactful way of being involved this Child Abuse Prevention Month.
0: Terrific. Well, you'll be happy to hear our chapters are still fundraising. Believe it or not, Um, they they also have pivoted. For example, I just saw um, our new colony at the University of Pittsburgh did a virtual fundraiser, so um, that has been very successful. And I know other groups are doing things as well. But in addition to fundraising, the advocacy piece is just as important. So I'm so excited that there's a way to channel maybe some of the free time we find ourselves with um, to really make a difference on that front.
1: Absolutely. And we are so thankful for your support, your continued support um, uh, throughout all of this, you know, and so if there's anything we can do too, to help you with these virtual fundraising opportunities or events to raise awareness, certainly we're sharing all of your wonderful pictures on social media and all of the events that you all have going on. So we really thank you. We couldn't do this work without our sorority partners. So you should feel very proud of the work that you're doing in this time in particular for children and families. That's awesome.
0: Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that it is such a wonderful opportunity to hear about our partnership, the things that we've done in the past and the ways that we can partner together in the future. Um, I look forward to meeting you in person one day, hopefully at one of our SDT fundraising events or in some of the advocacy opportunities in Washington, DC perhaps, but um, thank you just for being a champion in this arena and for all the work that you and your staff are doing to combat child abuse. Oh, thank you
1: so much, Margot, for your leadership and your um, commitment to to service and to all SDT women. A big, big, big thank you from our entire Prevent Child Abuse America family.
0: If you would like to learn more about PCAA, please visit their website, preventchildabuse.org. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you can join us on a future episode. My name is Margot Manley Lima, and you've been listening to Sigma Delta Talk.